You are listening to Behind the Mask with Diva with Depression. Hey guys, welcome to Behind the Mask with Diva with Depression. This is your host, me. How are you guys today? How are you really doing today? Don't lie. Tell somebody the truth. Today, I'm going to bear a little bit of my soul. One of the first questions that I get asked, either talking to someone or being interviewed, is what does depression look like? So today, I'm going to talk about what my depression looks like because it looks different for everyone else, personally. And it also looks different for people looking into your life from the outside. They don't quite understand what's going on behind closed doors. They don't understand how you're functioning while living with an illness that is supposed to, in in quotes, be so horrible. So, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm having a rough time lately. I think that um, the pandemic and, you know, life, um, deaths, trauma, everything has caught up with me. So I figured this would be a good time because I had some other ideas written down to talk to you guys about. but. You know, um, this week, so many people reached out to me because they are struggling. And I don't ever tell people that I'm struggling. I, my closest friends know that I may be going through something or I may not be feeling well, but outside of my circle, if people contact me or ask me for help or wanna talk to me, I don't usually share how I'm feeling, but it hit me the other day when I got three phone calls in a row from people that are really just trying to hold on. And so I decided why not share with you guys a little bit. I I can't share everything (laughs) because um, it would send you guys running probably because it sends me running some days. But I said, okay, depression for me is dark. I mean, really, really, really dark. It doesn't matter what my day is like. It doesn't matter, you know, if I had a good day, if I went out the house, um, depression to me will forever be dark. It has taken me to the depths of hell. I call it rock bottom. I live under rock bottom. Um, If you guys watch SpongeBob, you know about Bikini Bottom. (laughs) So I live at rock bottom and below. And there are some days that I stay below rock bottom. And there are some days when I take the elevator up to rock bottom. But there are very rare days that I leave rock bottom. 
And when I first had my breakdown, when I, when, when I started having my breakdown, I will tell you what it looked like. There were days that I did not comb my hair. I had matted hair. You know, when you were younger, uh, ladies, when you would take a brush and just brush the top of your hair, well, that's what my hair would look like. I had a bun every single day because my head hurt or because my hair hurt. I'm currently, I'm currently in that stage right now. My hair hurts. And I know people say, well, how does hair hurt? That's how sensitive your body becomes when you're living with a mental illness. Your hair hurts. And so every day that you saw me, I had a bun. Nobody knew that, that it was just a mess under that bun. I rarely cared what I wore. If it was clean, I put it on. Some days I didn't care if it was wrinkled or not. And I got lots of stares at work. People talked about me like a dog. Um, my ex is a very neat person. He's very um, dapper. So, and we worked in the same place. And so there were a lot of whispers about what is he doing with her? Why is he with her? Look at him and look at her. They didn't know that at home it was a whole different story. And that his dapper was just a cover up. that his dapper contributed to the way I looked. So, yeah, I got lots of that. Hygiene goes out the window. And that is something that I think that everybody is scared to share um, because, you know, the first thing that someone will say is, oh, that's nasty, that's disgusting. But, you know, sometimes you don't even have the energy to step over the side of the tub to get in. It's easier to stand at the sink and wash up. Um, I wouldn't know how I looked until I got to work because I never look in the mirror. I still don't look in the mirror. Um, my mirror is just to make sure that the hair that I'm attempting to comb isn't sticking straight up in the air. But what I see in the mirror haunts me. Um, and at my room, in my room at Rock Bottom, there's no mirrors. I would get lost on my way to work. <clears throat> and that was a trip that I, I moved to Charlotte in 2001. So that's a trip that I had been taking for four years. Um, by that time, I had, you know, two babies enrolled in every activity that you can think of. So I knew some parts of Charlotte like the back of my hand and I would still get lost taking the same 20 minute ride to work. I would get a headache as soon as I got to the gates. I would sit in my car and I would cry. I didn't eat healthy meals. 
I ate whatever my medication would allow me to tolerate. And so in some cases, that means that you gain weight. And I did gain weight. Um, and so there goes those whispers again, you know. So on top of living with depression, you also have to live with the shame of depression. And um, that's a lot to pile on. The exhaustion is unbelievable. The exhaustion is one of the first things that I tell people when I'm asked about depression because there are times when you will sleep too little, which is me. I mean, my insomnia is so severe that um, the doctor is really, really concerned. Um, if I get two hours sleep, then I'm, I'm good. I'm not good, but that's about all that I'm gonna get. And um, so you sleep too little or because you're laid awake and you're ruminating and your anxiety kicks in. And we all know that when it's two o'clock in the morning and it's quiet, that every thought from birth, if you can remember back then, to present starts to enter your mind. And if you're like me, who's experienced some really terrible things, I'm not gonna put a, a nice word to it, some terrible things and some traumatic things, those are the things that visit you at two o'clock in the morning. And so at two o'clock in the morning, I'm either staring at the TV or I'm staring at the ceiling. I wrote once that I know how many popcorns there are on my popcorn ceiling <laughs> because I spend so much time staring. I have some friends that are up with me, so I may get lucky some nights and mornings to have someone to chat with for a few minutes. But usually it's just me laying there, reliving the pain that I've been through. And sometimes it's not even the pain that you went through long ago. I know my father passed away in November and from November to today, I've been laying awake thinking about things that I should have said or things that I should have done, how I should have handled myself during the crisis, how people treated me and continue to treat me. Because you know, part of depression is suppressing. You suppress your emotions because you want, you don't want people to think that you're quote crazy. You don't want people to think that you're mean. You don't want people to think that you're angry. So you spend a lot of time suppressing your emotions. And so I know that part of my issue is that I suppress my emotions so I don't hurt other people's feelings. Um, because that's how I was raised. And that's not always a good thing because when you stuff who you are and stuff how you feel, it kills you. It doesn't kill the other person, it kills you. Um, 
these people are walking around thinking that everything's wonderful and I'm sitting here at three o'clock in the morning staring at the ceiling crying um, in pain. So that's my depression. And that's what it looks like. Um, and then when you do go to sleep or when I go to sleep, it's a break for me. It's one or two hours that I don't have to deal with my monster. I don't have to deal with people talking. I don't have to deal with anything. You know, it's just a blank and you go to sleep. And it's not a restful sleep. It's not a dream state sleep. It's not a unicorn sleep. <laughs> it's, it's just a momentary coma a momentary escape from, from the pain. So extreme lethargy is my depression. Um, you sleep to get away from the pain. You sleep to sort of escape reality. You sleep to escape from being alive. You know, um, people hate to hear me say this, but to me, death is peace. And um, that's all we're looking for with these, these illnesses is some peace. Because you cannot imagine what it feels like to have your mind fighting you 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You cannot imagine. That's why I always tell people you cannot judge people that die by suicide because they weren't trying to hurt themselves. They were trying to save themselves in the only way that they knew how. They were trying to quiet the voices that scream at them 24 hours a day. I always talk about the hamster on the wheel, you know, when they run around. Imagine that in your head 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And the only time that the hamster stops and gets some water is the two hours that you sleep or the one hour that you take a cat nap or when you're not alive anymore. Because when you go, the hamster goes. That's what my depression looks like. Feeling hopeless. I can have, I can, I can have a day of so many accomplishments. Um, last week I had a visit from one of my best sisters and I had a ball with her. but I still felt hopeless. Even in the midst of joy, you feel hopeless, you feel numb. All of the things that used to make you happy, they don't do anything for you anymore. I gave an example of visiting my oldest baby and um, if you know me and if you've listened to me or read my work, you know that my babies are my heart and my soul. 
and whenever I'm in their presence, even if it's just on FaceTime, but when I'm in their physical presence, I am in a state of euphoria because they are the best of me. And I spent some time with my oldest and I loved it and I loved being around her and I loved being around my, my family, but I was numb. I was hopeless. I was um, devoid of joy, joyless. And that was in a moment of euphoria. So you can see me out shopping. You can see me out drinking coffee, which is my favorite pastime, drinking coffee. and. It's really just five minutes for me to take a break from darkness, maybe. I drink dark coffee, so I don't think that I even escape the darkness when I'm drinking my coffee. It's just a moment of it's just a moment. Um, I used to be able to read a book or two books a week. Hell, I had a book club. Now I can barely read a magazine article. When I was at work, they give me spreadsheets and the numbers would just run together. Um, and I'm somebody that's a, I, I can remember numbers. Um, I can remember what, used to be able to remember what people told me. Um, remember cases from, you know, when I first started working, um, and now I can't even remember why I go to the next room. I can't remember what day it is. I can't remember what day it is. I really have to look several times a day at my phone to see what day it is because depression is a fog. Your mind is just foggy. Um, So that sort of limits you too. You know, what classes can I take that successfully, I can successfully complete because I can't retain information. I have to take trainings, you know, I've taken trainings for the past two years with NAMI and other organizations. And, you know, by the time the three hour mark hits, I'm lost. I'm really just staring unless it's something that's hands-on. Um, people talking, physical, you know, <laughs> physical contact. I can't, um, I can't handle it. Um, and so that's my depression. Um, it's robbed me of reading, which is one of my greatest joys. It's robbed me of writing, which is another one of my greatest joys. Um, and sure, I, I, my friends, my friends always laugh because they said that if you want to get some information, you can always call Donna. But it's because I'm on Google, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm in the moment. But once that moment passes, if they ask me the next day about what they asked me to research or if they ask me, you know, what I learned or what I read, 
Nine times out of ten, I can't remember that. Imagine that. Imagine being robbed of everything that makes you, you. You know, um, preparing for these podcasts. I'm enjoying it. I love it. I love, I love talking about what's going on. I love writing my blog. I love doing interviews. But it's hard to retain information sometimes. I have to write everything down. I have 15 calendars in my house hanging on the wall. I have stuff in my phone. I have stuff in my phone and I still remember, forget appointments. Forgetting tasks, forgetting to pay bills. Um, you know, I've had that happen. My phone go off or, you know, um, Yeah, just forgetting to pay bills, um, forgetting doctor's appointments, forgetting important dates. You forget birthdays, you forget anniversaries. <sighs> Even if you get a voicemail, if you don't answer it right away, you can forget it. And I've been called all sorts of names. I've been called lazy, dramatic, difficult. I have people that don't talk to me anymore because I don't answer the phone or I don't return calls in a, in a certain amount of time. Sometimes I clearly just forget. My depression makes it hard for me to have phone conversations because I have to plan out what I'm gonna say. So that's why it's easier for me to text or email someone because I can write out my thoughts. My depression is stumbling over your words. I've, I've forgotten how to speak in some situations. When we're having a conversation, you will notice that I stutter or I can't remember a word or I can't remember a phrase. I can't remember what we started the conversation about. So even having a conversation with me sometimes is a roller coaster because I'm all over the place. So texting and emailing gives me the opportunity to write out my thoughts and make sure that I'm speaking clearly and make sure that I'm conveying my message clearly. Not everybody gets that um, and that's okay. You know, um, I've gotten used to losing friends. Um, that's another part of my depression. My circle is very small. And we're talking someone who always had people over. Like I said, I had a book club. Um, I volunteered, I was the PTA mom. I would have a house full of people I had a partner in my business, um, and the day that I had my breakdown, all those voices stopped. I didn't hear from those people again. No one came to visit me. No one still visits me, except for my inner circle, because they understand. 
But other than that, I've lost so many friends over the years. I don't speak to certain family members because they don't understand. Some of them have made fun of me. So my depression is lonely, very lonely. Even in a house full of people or a crowd of people, I'm lonely. Even when I was in a relationship, I was lonely. Because sometimes the people that are closest to you don't even understand. So that's my depression. Lonely. My depression is always trying to find a way to calm the monster. I did, my podcast last week was about art therapy. So coloring um, could be your way to quiet voices. Mine is baking. Thank goodness. One of my businesses is baking. But cooking and baking is my, my, my therapy for quieting my monster. Sometimes just staring at the TV is quieting my monster. Um, walking aimlessly around stores. That's what quiets my monster some days. It's different from everybody. It's different for everybody. There's no way for me to tell you what depression is or what depression looks like. I can only tell you what my depression looks like. And, and there, are, there are times that I stay in the bed for five days, four or five days at a time. And then I'll get up on the, the, the sixth day and I will go meet a friend for coffee or I have to go to therapy or I'll, I'll go out and, and accomplish some things. My depression is functional and it has always been functional. Um, I went to work for years with it. I raised two kids with it. Um, so it's always been functional. And that is what people don't get. That my mind is a separate entity. And so I spend all my energy trying to control it. So that's my depression. Um, I always joke and say I'm a hot ass mess. And you know, people say, oh no, you're not. I am, um, I am. And that's just part of it, you know? Um, and I will say that right now, you know, I'm okay with it because I understand it. I understand my monster. I understand um, that it's here um, and that it's probably gonna be here. Um, I even understand that my monster is gonna be the death of me um, because sometimes the mind overtakes everything and the voices get so loud and the loneliness gets so oppressive 
and the brain fog just gets to be too much and the pain is just excruciating and you just lay there and feel like that is the only answer to let the monster win and that's the end goal to stop the monster right that's what that's what I'm trying to do I'm trying to slay the dragon and everything that I've done for the past I won't even include um, all my life I will say the past 20 years all I've been trying to do is slay the dragon and no medication is working um, the therapy isn't working the psychiatrist isn't working the natural remedies aren't working um, nothing's working and so the dragon is winning and you just hope that something because I don't believe in someone coming along I've been disappointed too many times but something is going to come along and is going to help you fight the dragon and that's why I've done ECT electric shock therapy I've done TMS um, I've done group therapy, I've done intensive outpatient therapy, I've been inpatient. You know, no one can ever say that I don't fight this dragon. Like, I fucking fight this dragon fiercely. But none of those things work. The dragon and the monster, they seem to have the comeback for everything. So for now, I say I'm fine. I say oh, I'm just a little tired. My inner, my inner circle, I will let them know the, med, the meds have me feeling a little wonky today. Um, I just, you know, I'm okay. That's what I say, I'm okay. And some people say okay. Some people may try to dig a little further, um, but but I've learned I've learned how to cover it up. I've learned how to dress my dragon up. I've learned how to put a nice hat on my monster, so that when people see me, they don't know that that well dressed thing is actually killing me. Even when you see me with a smile, even when my hair is done, even when I have on my favorite outfit or my favorite hat, the monster is still there killing me. Um, rendering me fucking useless. Um, and I need more people to understand that my depression Effect is the way 52 million people are living. We're not lazy. We're not dramatic. Um, we're not looking for fucking, you know, sympathy. This is how we live. 
you know, um, and, you know, I always say that, you know, a mental illness is just as important as a physical illness. But in a lot of cases, you know, if you, you know, if you live with diabetes, you can take insulin shots um, and, and, and feel better. You know, if you live with migraines, you can take the migraine medication and you can feel better. There is not one freaking medication that can cure mental illness. There's not one pill for manic depression or one pill for bipolar disorder or one pill for schizophrenia. You have to take fucking 10 meds at a time to keep you on an even keel. You know, when I take the elevator to rock bottom from below rock bottom, that's after five medications. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a fight. Um, it's a fight. So that's what my depression looks like, guys. Um, that is a portion of what my depression looks like. And I wanted to share that with you because um, number one, because like I told you, I feel like shit and I'm in a bad place. Um, number two, my platform says that I'm going to give you the real and I'm going to tell you that um, this is as real as it gets. Um, I've soaked up my papers from crying. Um, I haven't combed my hair. Um, I haven't even eaten anything and it's already um, mid-afternoon. Um, this is my depression. And like I said, this is the 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 way 52 million people living with a mental illness. Um, there are millions of people living like this. So I need you to be more um, supportive. I need you to be less judgmental. I need you to be kinder. Just be fucking nice to people because, you know, even living with these mental, this mental illness and these mental illnesses, you know, you still have to function in the same messed up world that everybody else is functioning in. You know, I still had to go through a pandemic. You know, I still had to, you know, live with the politics and live with the crime and live with being black and a fat black woman. You know, I, like I live with all of these things and there are so many people that are living with their things in addition to. Um, so I need you guys to start being kinder. And to the millions of people who are like me, just know that I get it. And sometimes that's, that's all that matters is that at least one person gets it. And I get it. Um, I get it. And there are a lot of us that get it. Um, we just have to start being louder. Um, don't be ashamed. Um, because there's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, you have an illness and you fight your illness every single day. And you're a superhero for that. So start getting loud and start forcing people to deal with you appropriately. Force them to be kind to you. Force them to be understanding. And if nothing else, force them to respect you. Because you deserve respect. You deserve to be treated like the wonderful person that you are. We all do. In spite of. So... I'm going to end with some information 
um, that I have been sharing. I decided that I'm going to share this on every podcast and every blog and shout it from the rooftops. The suicide prevention line is 800-273-8255. The crisis text line, you text hello to 741-741. NAMI is the National Alliance for Mental Illness. Their national number is 800-950-6264. Call that number and you can get information for any NAMI um, chapter in your state where you live and, and start there. Mental Health America is another mental health organization that is national. The number is 800-969-6642. And the same call that number and find out if there's a chapter in your state and work from there all of these organizations have websites so you can go on their website and get the information if you don't want to talk to anybody I understand that and as always you can reach out to me and I will help you get the resources that you need I will do my best I will do my best um, because, like I said, I get you and I got you. Stay strong, everyone. Just stay strong. If you can get through another minute, another hour, another day, that's the way you take it. Don't try to get through life. Don't try to get through the month. Don't try to get through the week. Just fight minute by minute. Stay strong. Searching for more